This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Making the right food purchases can save you money, improve your health, and help the environment. An expert shares three simple changes to make in your shopping habits that can have a positive effect on your food carbon footprint. A lot of the households we studied, they're buying more than what we need. It will either be wasted or cause health issues. Then, a vital step to protect your vision is to schedule an annual eye exam to catch conditions like glaucoma early. And so as the eye pressure goes higher with age, that can lead to damage of the optic nerve and loss of vision, but you don't feel it. So that's why it's very important to get your eyes checked and make sure you don't have this insidious disease. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. When we shop for food, most of us want food purchases that are not only affordable, but also healthy and good for the environment. Recent research reveals several ways Americans can reduce the carbon footprint of their food purchases. Joining us is Hua Tsai, Associate Professor of Environmental and Ecological Engineering and Industrial Engineering at Purdue University. Professor, before we get into the results of your research, tell us how you gathered the data for this study. Sure. We actually didn't gather the data ourselves. The data is actually collected by Nelson for marketing research purpose. So they recruited participants to use a home scanner to scan every single item they purchase when they bring them home. And the recorded data includes more than grocery. So we just filtered out the grocery portion to do our analysis. I see. And about how many households were involved in this? It's nearly 60,000, over 57,000 households. So it's a very significant database you're working from, it sounds like. Yes. So we basically know every single trip, what type of store that is, what day, time for the trip, how much money they spend, and every single item and the size of the item they have purchased. Wow. So when you have all this information, how did you figure out the carbon footprint of what they were buying? That's a great question. We have built a life cycle assessment database for each food item. So by food item, we mean the category of the food. So basically, what's the carbon footprint of one kilogram of milk, for example? And the life cycle assessment is a tool to evaluate the environmental impacts of a product or service through its life cycle, basically through the upstream production, energy use, including the production phase, if it's plants, the agriculture phase as well. So there's a standard procedure to generate a life cycle carbon footprint for each of the food item. That's all amazing and impressive that you had that much information and that you worked through all of those calculations. I guess from your study, you discovered three ways that Americans can reduce their carbon footprint as far as food purchases. And this would be without making major changes in what we eat. What would be uh, some of these steps to reduce the carbon footprint? The first one of them is purchasing in smaller package, especially for smaller households. For example, one or two person households. 
What we find from the data is that small households actually purchase more per person, normalized according to gender and age, based on what we require. So small households actually buy more, which means they either over consuming or over. Purchasing, which results to wasting more food, neither of which is a desirable outcome, and we think the reason of this overpurchasing is because it's cheaper to buy in bulk volume. When the unit price is cheaper, people tend to choose larger packages. So, if the smaller packages actually suits what the smaller households need. And at a more reasonable price, we can incentivize the smaller households to buy what they need, so we're not wasting the food or overconsuming the food, which may result negative health impacts. This would also involve the manufacturers making the packages a little smaller and maybe more cost-effective. That's right. So the manufacturer may need to be incentivized, right? The store how they stock the products and put them on the shelf also needs to be adjusted. We're talking with Hua Tsai, associate professor of environmental and ecological engineering and industrial engineering at Purdue University, talking about ways to reduce the carbon footprint of food that we purchase here in the United States. So. What would be another way for us to reduce the carbon footprint? Another one would be to reduce the amount of consumption in the food that is not in the recommended category according to the dietary guidelines for Americans. So that I'm talking about snacks, drinks, ready-made food. Those are not necessarily what is required for our health benefits and the nutrition intake, but they actually have a considerate amount of carbon footprints associated with them. Huh? So if you、uh, take care of that item on the list, you would not only reduce the carbon footprint, but you'd probably be healthier in the long run. Exactly. These food items have been identified as key factors impacting the health of Americans. And there's a third way that you discovered that we could reduce our carbon footprint, and tell us about that. Sure. So so far, people have been focusing on reducing the consumption of high carbon intensity food items that are meat, especially beef and milk. Dairy products, but what we find is for food items that have a medium carbon intensity, but with a large purchased volume, in total they can actually generate a lot of carbon emissions. Those food items include bakery and ready-made food. So if we either reduce the consumption of these products. Or reduce the carbon intensity of these products through the manufacturing, distribution, energy process. We can also reduce a significant amount of carbon emissions. Do you have any idea how the United States compares to other countries around the world in this regard of carbon footprints and food purchases? The U.S. diet is well known to be higher carbon intensive just because of the amount of meat we consume. So, relative to many other countries, we have a higher carbon footprint. But reducing that carbon footprint may not require very dramatic dietary change. For example, goes into a complete vegetarian or vegan diet. Right? If we just reduce the amount of meat we consume, according to the Dietary guidelines: 
and reduce the amount of snacks or drinks, we can contribute to the carbon emission reduction significantly. In moving to a more carbon-friendly food purchasing plan, would that be less expensive as well for the consumer? I think so. A lot of the households we studied have an over-purchasing pattern, which means they're buying more than what we need. As I mentioned, it will either be wasted or causing health issues. If we're wasting food, there's potentially money we can save through buying less. And if we can avoid the health issues, there's also a lot of money we can save through health expenses. Yeah, and I suppose there are some people who stockpile food. They're worried about emergency situations and they fill up their basement or their closet with food that just sits there and is never eaten. Exactly. For our listeners, what would you recommend as maybe how to gradually move into this better situation as far as food purchases? I think people need to be aware of the impacts they can make through their purchasing behaviors. We're voting with our money. Many people think reducing the carbon emission is what the big companies would do because I'm only one person, what I do doesn't matter. But the truth is every single one of us, our actions matters. We're sending a signal to the companies on what we want and what we spend money on will actually have a consequence as well. Very well put. Hua Tsai, Associate Professor of Environmental and Ecological Engineering and Industrial Engineering at Purdue University. Professor, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Next, a yearly eye exam can save your vision. That story, straight ahead. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this.